Lord, thank you for this morning and how beautiful it's been, God, to worship you, our beautiful, wonderful, powerful Savior, God. And we just come to you right now asking, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, God, that you would have a word for us, that your spirit, Lord, would move and help us, God, to be able to understand and to solidify, God, in our hearts the truth that you've given us, Lord, and to stand upon that. Lord, we want to be, as uh, the scripture says, that house built upon a rock, God, built upon you, Jesus, built upon your word and our obedience to that. So we ask, God, for a touch of your spirit now. Fill us, Lord, come upon us and uh, bless your word, God. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I mentioned, we are coming into 2 Peter chapter 2, and our title of our message is Recognize Spiritual Scammers. Now, I was thinking about this uh, lately. I don't know about you, but I've been receiving uh, some text messages, um, and, and it's kind of crazy. Like, it'll come in on my phone, and it'll be like, hey, uh, and, and they name another person's name about seeing like this this rental on Oahu. Well, I know this is what they call the wrong number scam, right? Um, your heart is like, oh, hey, sorry, this is wrong number, you know. But what I read was really it's a scam to get you to respond and then uh, conver- have a conversation with them and then pull you into a scam. So watch out for for that that comes in. Or maybe you've received that text, like um, I've received texts like, say, Bank of Hawaii or even Amazon, like, oh, there's a problem with your funding, you know, your order, something like that, and hey, click this link, right? Tap on this link. But it it, it looks legit. It kind of grabs your heart like, whoa, what's going on? And then I think, wait, I don't have no order, you know, kind of thing. But it, it looks legit, but it really does smell like a scammer is after you. I was reading about this couple. I don't know why these people didn't recognize that they were being deceived, but this New York City couple received two tickets to a Broadway musical. Well, this gift came without a note or card or anything, and they wondered, who sent this? Who sent this? But they were so excited to go and they wanted to see the show so off they went and they had a great evening out but sadly when they returned they found their apartment ransacked many items missing especially their expensive jewelry was gone but on a pillow was a note left there and the note simply was really answering the earlier question saying now you know how sad it is. I mean, it seems like, I don't know about you, in this age we live in, we, we have our phones in our hand, we can get text messages, we access our, our email, right, immediately on our phones. It seems like scams are increasing. No longer is it just, oh, a stray email or, or maybe a phone call, telemarketer, but now it's like directly hitting us uh, even in more of a seeming like a personal way. So it seems like scams are increasing like never before. I mean, think about, I was, I was thinking about this recently in the news. They're talking about how AI is now able to mimic 
and make the voice of, say, your loved one. And people have been getting calls and like your loved one, hey, I'm in trouble. Can you send me money? Can you do this? And so you're pulled into even that scam with our technology today. Well, as we, as it seems like, and we see scams increasing, it seems in that way to me, you know what? It is also with Satan. It is also with him. More than ever, he is on the move to deceive us, to deceive the world, to push out, you know what, spiritual scams, to lead people away from the truth, and especially now as we head into the end times, especially now, because it's all a setup. He's setting things up for one day the Antichrist to come. Well, today, as we continue our study here in the book of Second Peter, Peter wants us to be in the know. He wants to equip us in how to recognize spiritual scammers. That's our title, Recognize Spiritual Scammers. We're going to be continuing on here in our study in the book of Second Peter, and we're going to get into chapter 2 now. And we're only going to uh, look at a few verses here from verse 1 to 3, the first part, 3a. That's why that's on your screen. We're going to only take the first part of verse 3, some, from verse 1 to 3a, Second Peter chapter 2. Now, we're going to see three things that Peter's going to give us in helping us to recognize spiritual scammers. And the first thing is be alert to their presence. Number two is be advised of their pattern. And number three, be aware of their purpose. So all of these things are to help us to, to recognize spiritual scammers that are out there. Now, he wrote this long time ago, but we need to be aware today also. So let's begin. Recognize spiritual scammers. Let's begin here with number one, be alert to their presence. Number one, be alert to their presence. And here, we're going to cover just the first part of verse 1. So verse 1a. Take a look with me here now. It says, Second Peter chapter 2. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. And we'll stop right there. We begin with the Apostle Peter here writing, but false prophets. Now, he begins with that one word, but, the word but, to connect us really to the end of chapter 1. If you remember last week, we saw how Scripture originated from not someone's own interpretation. We saw that up in verse 20, if you look at 1 Peter 1.20, right? That no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. In other words, it didn't originate from someone's own ideas, their perception. It didn't originate by verse 21 there in chapter 1, the will of man. It wasn't their thing that they put out. But scripture came, men spoke, verse 21 of Second Peter 1, from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It was the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that we have these scriptures that these men wrote the scriptures we hold in our hand right now. Carried along, you remember, it talks about like wind filling a sail on a sailboat. And that was the idea. They're inspired. They're moved along in that way to write the scripture. And now we have this in our Bible. So we learned last week, as our title was, Hold Tight to the Word of God. 
And so we learn God's word is God's word, right? So in contrast to that, Peter comes into chapter 2 and he's saying, but now in contrast to the spirit-filled writers of scripture, but there's false prophets and they arose. They rose up to really contaminate God's word, God's truth. And they came to deceive the people. It says here, but false prophets also rose among the people. Now, the people, when, most of the time when you see that in the New Testament, it refers to Israel, the people of Israel. And so as Peter had been talking about the scriptures and what he had then was Old Testament scriptures, he referring to these Old Testament prophets that they spoke for God as messengers of God, but also in the midst of the nation of God rose up these false prophets prophets in other words this is the idea here this is what peter's saying peter is saying look spiritual scammers were around since way back in the old testament times false prophets spiritual scammers they were they were around even back then in the old testament i think about it in first kings chapter 22 if you remember the story when uh the the king of the northern part of Israel in the southern uh, when the kingdom was split. So we have King Ahab in the northern Israel and King Jehoshaphat of the southern Israel. They got together. They, they joined together because the Syrian army was, was coming against them. And, and they wanted to come together to go and defeat the Syrian army. Well, this false prophet, if you remember, Zedekiah rose up and he came in with these metal horns and he says, thus says the Lord, you guys are going to defeat, you're going to defeat the Syrians. Well, King Jehoshaphat wasn't really keen on that. He goes, is there another prophet? Is there someone you know, else that could maybe confirm? And so they brought out uh, a true prophet, Micaiah, uh, and he came in and he prophesied, no, that's not what's going to happen. You guys are going to be massacred. Well, everyone believed the more popular prophet, Zedekiah, the false prophet. And guess what happened? Israel lost. They were massacred by the Syrians. So we see that already. We see even kings, even the northern Israel, even the people of Israel following these false prophets. And so Peter says, look, spiritual scammers were around since way back in those Old Testament times. I think about even how Isaiah and the prophet Jeremiah and Ezekiel, God gave them a message that they would go into captivity, that they would lose the nation, that the Babylonians would come in. But the false prophets will say, no, no, God's going to take care of you. Peace and safety for the nations. And they were put down. They were treated very badly for what they were saying. And what happened? Well, the Babylonians came, took the nation, and Israel lost their country all the way until May 1948 when the Babylonians came and the captivity happened. So you understand that Spiritual scammers, they, they've been around back ever since the Old Testament days. Well, then Peter's saying, look, false prophets, 
that arose among the people way back in the Old Testament, just as there will be false teachers among you. He's saying, well, just as it was in the Old Testament times, there's going to be false teachers among you today. Now, back in the Old Testament times, the false prophets, they were, they were the ones, they were the messengers of God. They brought God's message. Well, in the New Testament times, the teachers, and let's say true teachers of God's word, they were messengers, messengers of God in the New Testament that to teach God's word that came through the apostles, and that would include apostles' teaching too. And so Peter says, well, just like there's false prophets or back in the Old Testament days who, who claimed to bring God's message, well, there's false teachers who are teaching now, uh, saying they're teaching God's word, but it's false. Notice it says here that there will be false teachers in verse 1, among you. In other words, false teachers will be among you, will be placed in your midst. They're going to be like undercover agents. They're going to operate inside the church, within the groups of believers. And let me tell you, that's the greatest problem that the church faces here. It's not the danger so much from without, but it's the danger that comes from within. This really connects to uh, chapter 1, and t- uh, if you think about it. Because Peter's saying, look, just as there was, there's been God and his teachers, well, Satan has his own to infiltrate the church. From the beginning, this is how Satan contaminates God's message and lead people astray. So, Peter's saying this, be alert to their presence there inside the church. Be alert to their presence inside the church. They are in generally the church of Jesus Christ, in the body of Christ in general. I'm not saying that, oh, there's a false teacher right here, right now, right next to you. So don't turn to your neighbor there and say, oh, you false teacher. No, I'm not, I, I'm not necessarily saying that. But within the church as a whole, there's false teachers out there. You remember when, when um, uh, Jesus told that parable about the tree and uh, how the seed grew and there was a big tree and inside were birds and all kinds of things like that. Well, that, that's sort of the idea. That in, in the church, in the church as a whole, there's going to come Satan's emissaries, his agents, his operatives coming in there as false teachers. So just as it was in the Old Testament, we need to be alert to their presence inside the church today. Today. Vance Abner said this, Satan is not fighting churches. He is joining them. He does more harm by sowing tares than pulling up wheat. He accomplishes more by imitation than by outright opposition. Now we understand that, that Satan, yeah, he, he, he comes sometimes and it's not always a frontal attack. And I've been praying for and reading about uh, on the underground church in China, how the government comes against them, arrests pastors. I've been reading about in India, groups of extreme Hindus are attacking Christian churches and pastors today. They've been praying for these pastors in these instances. And sometimes it's, it's this frontal attack that happens. But 
A more effective way for Satan to operate is to operate among the believers, undercover. It's to bring in division. It's to bring in destruction. It's to bring in false doctrine to lead people away from the truth of God. So we need to understand and be alert to the false teachers, their presence inside the church. So here's Peter. He begins with this. Recognize spiritual scammers. They're right here in the church. Be alert to their presence. Well, let's go on to number two here. Be advised of their pattern. Be advised of their pattern. So as Peter is helping us to recognize spiritual scammers, he's advising us. He's giving us the know, the knowledge of their pattern. Take a look at verse 1, the second part of verse 1 to verse 2. It says here, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And verse 2, And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be blasphemy. We'll stop there. Now, Peter equips us here how to identify these false teachers and avoid, you know what, being an easy mark. How we can avoid being that easy mark and and be gullible and fall prey to their scamming. And so he says, be advised of their pattern. Now, he's going to unmask these false teachers in five ways. There's five things we're going to see in how he's advising us to their pattern. And number one is this. Look out for the deception. Look out for deception. The deception. What we've read here, he says in First um, Peter chapter one. He he says in the second part, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies? These false teachers come into the church secretly. They come in camouflage. Uh, Jude four says they crept in unnoticed. They look like believers. They act like believers. They talk like believers they say words that that we say but they come in secretly and they bring in the the word bring in here in a uh, original language is smuggle they smuggle in these heresies they smuggle in these this contraband they smuggle in the heresies now the word heresies interesting thing the root word is opinion The root word means opinion. So they come in with their self-designed religious concoction and what they put together. They come in with with, with, with this this principle, this idea, this quote-unquote truth that really goes against God's word. They come in in that way with these heresies. And note this, what the, how does it describe these heresies here in verse 1? Destructive heresies. Take note, the, the heresies are destructive. Destructive means to ruin. Now, for believers in the church, that means that they come in with these heresies to derail your walk, to confuse you about God, to ruin you in your mind about the Lord and who you are, to, to, to make you into a believer that's useless for the kingdom of God. That, that's what it's really designed for. But also, we know in the church, unbelievers come in. 
And for unbelievers, these destructive heresies, they, those who come to church, they keep unbelievers from really becoming saved in Jesus Christ. They divert them in, in a different way of how to come to God or go to he- heaven. That is a false truth, a false doctrine. So here's Peter, look out for that de- deception. Look out for the deception that leads you astray from the truth of God and true salvation in Jesus Christ. When we talk about the church in general, uh, we know there's cults out there, right? We know there's cults masquerading as part of the church, but they're not. Some obvious ones, we've, you and I, we've talked about them before. Say like the Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Or the Mormons, they come knocking on your door. And because of what we've been trained and taught, I know sometimes we open the door and says, Hey, yeah, I'm from the Jehovah's Witness. Or you can tell, right, the tie and the shirt that they're Mormons, right? And so sometimes we say, Oh, sorry, I'm a Christian. And what do they say? I'm a Christian too. I'm, a, I'm, I'm yeah, look, we're, we're together in this, right? I mean, have you gotten that response before? I, I know I have, so I, I stopped saying, well, no, I'm a Christian, right? You know what I tell them? You're not. <laughs> you know, you're not because of this, this, and this. Well, we've seen that. They come in, hey, I'm a Christian too. Hey, read my stuff, yeah? Oh, oh look what this says. Look, look what I've learned about God. You see, they come in secretly, bringing in these destructive Heresies. They come in masquerading what they have as truth when it's not truth. It's false. I mean, think about this. Isn't this the way the enemy works? He, I mean, they never knock on your door and say, Hey, I got some heresy for you. Right? They're not going to say that. I want to mislead you to hell. Right? They're not going to say that. They're, they're not going to say, Hey, I have these doctrines of demons. That's what it says in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1, that they're uh, demons from, uh, doctrines from demons, that, that they're, they're very demonic in these lies and this falseness. Uh, they don't come in and say, hey, I'm masquerading as an angel of light, right? Like 2 Corinthians 11 says. Or when Jesus says, they don't come in, hey, look at me, I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing. Like Jesus said in Matthew 7, 15, my grandma, what sharp teeth you have, right? No, they, they don't do that. They come in deceiving you, secretly bringing in this false doctrine. So be advised of their pattern. Look out for that deception. They're spiritual killers coming in, deceiving you. Number two is look out for the denial Look out for the denial. It says here, it goes on in verse 1. Uh, it says, even denying the master who bought them. These false teachers, they come in, they go against, you know what, who Jesus Christ is. Who he is. When, when Peter says even, when he writes that here in verse 1, it's like he's saying, you know, it's so unthinkable to say that, that Jesus, to go as far as to say that they deny Jesus, denying the master. That means they refuse to say Jesus is the Lord, right? 
our master. That Jesus is God over us. That's what Peter's referring to here. When it says here that um, even denying the master who bought them, he's referring, like he's using that word master and bringing in that, alluding to back then there was many slaves, right? More slaves than free people. And so everyone knew when you use master, you understood that back then the master of the house who, who really is over the servants, they, the servants are to be submitted to the master. And a, ma- a lot of the masters, they bought their servants to serve them back in the ancient times. So that was the way society was, and Peter's kind of using that analogy. Well, the, these guys aren't serving their master. In other words, uh, it's not to say that these guys are saved when, when we think about bought, right? Um, that Jesus died for the whole world, and he purchased salvation for all, but only those who receive that gift are saved. So it's not that these guys are saved. They, they are like, uh, um, they, they haven't received that gift. But it's more like the false teachers are unwilling to submit to the Redeemer they claim to be given over to. So they're not a messenger of God. They're a messenger of Satan. They say they speak for God, but they're not submitted to God. They speak for who? Satan. They claim to come with the truth, but really it's false because they're not submitted. They deny Jesus as their Lord and their God. They deny Jesus is God. So they look out for that denial, Peter's saying. They deny the word is the word. I mean, think about that as we refer back to say to Jehovah's Witness, right? Oh, no, we have our own translation. Because their translations, translation fit their false doctrine. Or the Mormon, well, well there, there's some things wrong with the Bible, so we have our book, right? Well, 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 they add. So there's people who add or take away or say, well, Jesus didn't say that. Or no, uh, uh, the apostles, uh, this part, you know, if you really do research and they claim to be scholars and say, oh, well, no, that, this part shouldn't be in here. So they take away. They deny the word is the word. They deny the deity of Christ, that Jesus is God. Oh, no, Jesus is really Michael the archangel. No, Jesus and and Satan, they're brothers, actually, right? They deny that Jesus is the Lord God, and they also deny the work of Jesus. And I think that's important, because even in these ancient times where these false teachers called Judaizers, where they were bringing in the, the, the Judaism, like, oh, well, you got to be circumcised, or oh, you got to bring sacrifice, or you got to observe these, these days, and, and, and then, you know, at, you can have Jesus too, but you still got to do this. And so they came in denying the work of Jesus, his, his work on the cross, his resurrection, salvation, what we know is by grace through faith, Right? Through faith. No, the false teachers, they want to add some works. Well, you got to do this, and, and then you'll be good with God. In other words, then you can go to heaven, or then you can be right with the Lord. No, it's all through Jesus Christ. So here's Peter giving us, hey, look out for the denial, even denying the master, the Lord who bought them, who they claim to 
have been redeemed by. If you think about it, most all aberrant groups have, de- have deviated into denying these basic things. So be advised of their pattern. If they reject the truth of Jesus that we find in the scriptures, they're false teachers. So look out for the deception. Look out for the denial. Number three, look out for the destination. Look out for the destination. At the end of verse 1, it says, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. So Peter says here, in other words, there's serious consequences to these false teachers who continue to deny and rebel against God's truth. Swift here speaks of prompt and destruction. It's ruin, or we can say judgment. In others, they won't know what's coming, right? They, they think they're, they're okay because of their unbelief. They think, well, they have the truth because of what uh, uh, they've rejected. But actually, Peter's saying, you know what? It's going to come suddenly upon them, unexpected. They think they're okay, but they are not. And so these false teachers, what we're reading here, what Peter is saying, this shows that these false teachers are not saved. And and they're doomed already because they reject Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to get more into that next time. Peter really expands into that, into the rest of this chapter. But look out for the destination. What that means is knowing these guys deny everything about Jesus or, or, or Jesus in this way, why we listen to them. Why we give them time of day. Why we follow some of their things. Oh, I like what he says. No, we need to reject it all because look where they are headed. Look at the consequences of their rejection of Christ. So look out for their destination. If they reject Christ in this way, what's going to happen? Right? Sadly, it, 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 it hurts my heart to, to talk to some people who do not believe that Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life. To those who, who oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, but they, ask, they, they add, well, there's seven things you've got to do and then you'll, you'll, you'll go to heaven. It hurts my heart. But understand, the teachers of these, they're headed to that destination. They don't have Christ. So why listen? Why follow? Look out for the destination. Be aware, Akamai, to those things. I read about a New Jersey man. He, he gave a fake $100 bill to pay for art- items at a gas station store. Well, police tracked him down, and the man admitted to giving the clerk Money and the money that was labeled on both sides of the bill was for motion picture use only. I guess it's something they use in the in the movie. So it's totally fake. Look real, but it's totally fake. The suspect told authorities he was surprised to see the clerk take the fake money. And the article ended here with it's not clear if the man has been charged with any crime. <laughs> well, I, I, the thing is, you and I should know better, like this clerk. Yeah. If it says that, are we, lo- are we really looking at that? If someone gives you a $100 bill and in these days, are you going to really look at it and, and notice, hey, this isn't real? Yeah. It looks real, but 
it's stamped right there for motion picture use only. We should know better than to receive those things. We should look out that this isn't real. I cannot use this. I cannot use this Jesus to go to heaven with. This isn't real. This is fake. This is false. This is a scam. Some people intentionally put the blinders on. No, I want this. Oh, I like how they are. Oh, I like how, how um, they don't care about the truth, but what they care about, oh, they're so family-orientated over there. And they get sucked in, scammed in in that way. Do we have blinders on and we're not really looking? Are we like the blind following the blind too? Why listen to one speaking spiritual false things? right? When they're not saved themselves. So be advised of their pattern. Don't be that easy mark. Look out for the deception. Look out for the denial. Look out for the destination. Number four, look out for the depravity. Look out for the depravity. We go into verse two here. Peter says, and many will follow their sensuality. This is so sad. So though the, they're not saved, the, these false teachers, they're talking spiritual things and they don't really know, still, Peter comes in here and says in verse 4, you know what? Many will follow them. Many will still follow them. Why is that? Because the false teachers appeal to what? Their flesh. Fleshly things. Desires inside of them. The false teachers say what people want to hear not what people need to hear. You know, I was thinking about in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 10, uh, the Lord was commenting on the people of Israel who had been led astray. And you know what they're saying to the prophets? They're saying to Isaiah, don't prophesy what is right, but prophesy the smooth things, like the nice things. Uh, Prophesy the illusions, the verse says there. In other words, our fantasies, what we want. These false teachers were smooth operators, you can say. And they teased the people to follow what? Well, here in verse 2, many will follow their sensuality. The word means debauchery, a loose living. It speaks of sexual immorality, and overall it's just a lust. Lust for more, lust for this, lust for that. Sadly, we see this. In cults, too. I mean, how many times we, we've seen like, oh, polygamy is okay, or, or self-proclaimed messiahs are convicted of sex crimes, yeah? or, or, or those who amass uh, things, possessions. See, these false teachers really are about filling selfish desires. And that's what they throw out to you to try and reel you in with. So look out for the depravity. Look out for the depravity. You know, some false teachers, they preach like get-rich schemes, yeah? We call them the health and wealth TV preachers, yeah? God wants you to be blessed. And they bring in Scripture. God wants you to have your house and cars and money, a rich lifestyle, because that's the blessing, That's what God intended for His children. They'll bring in scriptures about that and take scriptures out of context and mix the truth with the lie. And all you need to do is send in that faith seed, right? 
Send in that $120 and God's going to bless you. And you're going to watch that seed grow. And what is that? It's appealing to what? Your flesh. Oh, yeah, I want money. Oh, yeah, I want to get rich. Oh, yeah, I want these things. Oh, yeah, it makes sense to you because they appeal to what you want. They appeal to your desires. They appeal for your lust for more. And it's all the flesh. So look out for that tactic. Look out for the depravity. Be advised of their pattern. Here's what Peter's telling us. Look out for the deception. Look out for the denial. Look out for the destination. Look out for the depravity. And lastly, number five, look out for the defamation. The defamation. Verse 2, 2 Peter, he says in the second part, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemy. The false teachers and how they operate and what they put out, they will be the cause of the way of truth to be blasphemed. The way of truth speaks of the truth in Jesus, the truth in salvation in him, the, the gospel. It's going to be looked down upon. It's, uh, people in the world go, ah, I don't know, because they can see through the charlatans and what they're saying. And so they're going to look at the truth of Jesus and they're going to blaspheme it. They're going to put it down. Uh, the word blaspheme really means hurt the reputation of. Which, think about this. Isn't that the mission of Satan? Isn't that his mission to, to get people to, to uh, get off of Jesus and not be saved? So what's the best thing? Oh, put Jesus down. Oh, it's not true. Say, they're, 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 they're crazy, those guys. Sometimes we're watching TV shows and they make Christians out to be the craziest people. And I think, of course, this is the world. And the world is mocking us believers, people who believe in Jesus, right? They make the believer out to be no different than the world or even worse than the world. And so look out for that defamation where they want to, they end up giving Jesus a bad name. It's supposed to be the opposite, isn't it? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's what it should be. That's what it's about. But false teachers and their followers, they bring this dark light or this darkness. Yeah. Our torches that we hold, the light of Jesus Christ, should attract people and send people to Jesus Christ, not repel them. But many believers fall prey to the false teachers and they use their torch to beat others. That's what I'm seeing today. In our, world, in our society, in our Christian world today, I see Christians use uh, uh, the social and political issues to beat down unbelievers in the name of Jesus. It shouldn't be that. Yes, we stand upon the truth, but we need to also be a light. Look out for the defamation. If that's what's going down, then check yourself. What are you really following? What are you really going after? 
Be advised of their pattern. Don't be an easy mark here in these things Peter is telling us. More than 20 years later, a man identified just as Patrick, he came clean about a 1990 photo he put out there of a UFO. Uh, He's a Belgian man. He came clean to say that it was fake, that he actually took styrofoam and some lights, hung it, took a picture, and put it out there as, oh, I saw a UFO. Back then, it was the clearest photograph of a UFO anyone's ever seen. The Belgian authorities got into it. NASA got into it, studying it. People went crazy. Other pictures came out, but this was the clearest photos. Well, you know what? 20, 20 years later, he, he came clean and said, I made it up. He fooled everybody. You know what he said? The man said, it's too easy to fool people. Let us not be too easy to be fooled. Recognize spiritual scammers. Well, be alert to their presence. Be advised of their pattern. And let's come to number three now. Be aware of their purpose. Be aware of their purpose. Finally, here in our last part of this message, we come to verse three. And Peter writes, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Okay, Peter here is talking about their motive, their purpose. The NLT translates this, in their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. I think that's pretty straightforward. Their false words, right, has one purpose, to get your money so that they can get rich off of you. The word here um, where it says in their greed, they will exploit you. The word exploit means to cheat you, basically to scam you for their own gain. What drives the false teachers? It's money. What motivates them? It's money. What is it that they're really trying to gain here? Not to teach the truth of God, not to be a messenger of God, but that they can gain what? Money. And along with that, it's power, it's position, that high life for them. False teachers, they know how to work the crowd. They know how to boost your ego. They know how to move emotions to say what people want. People with what we call itching ears, right? Itching ears, you know what that means? Is that you want to hear what you want to hear. Yeah. That's itching ears. Truth doesn't matter to them. What matters is money and more money. They don't speak for God. They speak to gain a following so that more people will fill more uh, into their pockets. They use techniques. They take the truth. Oh, yeah, the Bible says this and the Bible says this. And they, they connect it with a lie. They mix it with false doctrine. And they sell something, you can say, that sounds good, that appeals, like I was saying earlier, to the flesh, all to gain and get rich off of you. All all of them masquerading as, I mentioned, an angel of light. And when Paul said that in 2 Corinthians, you know who he was referring to? Satan. Satan is the father of lies, and they're just following Satan. So, Our last point, be aware of their purpose. 
be aware of their purpose. Don't be fooled. Be aware of their purpose. Don't be fooled here. We can be so gullible sometimes. We, we can be, be caught up maybe in, 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 in emotionally in something, overwhelmed, and we're ready to hear things. Maybe even out of the goodness of our heart. Yeah. Oh, I want to help that person. But then, oh, are they just really scamming me? Yeah. It's like that text. Oh, I wanted to text saying, oh, hey, sorry, wrong number. By the Wait, something's going on. Yeah. Um, I might have mentioned this a, a while back, but remember I was, uh, one time I was selling something on Facebook Marketplace and the person's like, oh yeah, I'm going to come buy it, that kind of thing. And then they say, hey, um, text me your number. I, want, I just want to verify you're a real person because I've been getting scammed. I thought, oh, yeah, I don't want to get scammed. And then I text my number and then I thought, I had this bad feeling like, oh, wait a minute, that's not good. You know, because along with that is, I'll, I'll send you this um, a, a Google number or something. Somehow they wanted me to uh, give them this number. And I read that with your number and this Google Pass number, they can get into your account. And I was like, ah! But they prey on the goodness of your heart. They prey upon your, the state where you're in. Maybe you're struggling and, oh yeah, see... Um, but God really wants to provide for you. And, and, you know, not only that, He wants to bless you more. They, they prey upon your weakness, wanting to pull you into their scheme. But it's all for them, all for their gain. Be aware of their purpose. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. I read about... Um, this Sacramento, California man convicted of using Tiger Woods, a golfer, his identity to defraud credit card companies of $17,000. Anthony Taylor used Tiger's real name, which is Eldrick T. Woods, to open up credit cards and buy like TV stereos. He rented luxury cars and other things. The defense attorney in the trial argued it's ridiculous to believe anyone could mistake his client for the famous golfer. Now, now it's true. That, that, that's true. People believed him to be Eldrick T. Woods. But the problem was they did not make the connection to the name and that identity of Tiger Woods. They were fooled. And I was thinking about that. We can be fooled too. Don't be fooled. See the motives. Make the connection. See how false teachers are just trying to get your money. Play the salesman. Trying to get you to buy their product. Watch out. Make that connection. It can sound so good. Such a great deal. Oh, this is, this is something I never knew about. God. And might, some words might come right at the right time that you're like, oh yeah, I want that, I need that. Don't be fooled. If it sounds funny, if it feels funny, it probably is. Turn over to um, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Turn to the left. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 
verses 3 and 4. I want you to see this. Matter of fact, back up to verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Paul is writing to Timothy here. 2 Timothy is his last writings we have before he was martyred. And he says here in this last chapter of his last words of this letter, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. Verse 2, preach the word, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. In verse 3, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have what? Itching ears, where when they want to hear what they want to hear, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. In verse 4, and will turn away from listening what? To the truth and wander off into what? Myths. Let me tell you, we're living in that time today. The time has come. As we head into the end times, we're living in that time. You remember as we studied in the book of Revelation that the Antichrist, he's going to rule the world, right? He's going to become a world leader. Everyone's going to love him. He's going to be the savior of the world. He's going to bring all religions into one religion. Let's coexist. Let's come together as one. He's going to bring that in and then he's going to flip that and he's going to turn the people to worship him when he stands up in the Jew rebuilt Jewish temple, the abomination of desolation, and he's going to have the whole world bow down and worship him. And remember I was telling you, it's not like he's forcing. The only people who are forced is the tribulation saints. But the rest of the world, they're embracing this. And we read so many times in the book of Revelation where it said that they wanted it. They worshiped Satan. And so this is the Antichrist. He's going he's gonna to turn the hearts of the people in the world to even turn their, their heart away from God, to reject God and to receive Satan, to put their fist up at God. Oh, yeah, you're so bad. You're so mean. You're doing this to us. All these calam calamities, you don't care about us. That's the Antichrist. So you think about as we head into that time, the end times, right? What's going on? Well, it's what Paul is saying. The time is coming. People, they aren't going to endure sound teaching. They're, they have itching ears. They're going to turn away from listening to the truth and turning to myths. Be careful. Listen, if taking the wrong medications can kill your body, then false spiritual prescriptions can ruin your soul. This is the devil's tactic. Be watchful. Be wary of the false that is out there. I'll close with this. A five-year-old boy was captivated by his grandpa's false teeth. <laughs> he watched his grandpa as he removed his dentures, washed them, put it back in his mouth. The little boy asked to see him, do that again, do it again, grandpa. Okay, so the humor of the child, he did it again. And the little boy's like, yeah, do it again, do it again. So he took out his teeth, washed it, put it back in. Do it again, do it again. Finally, the grandpa did it one more time, and the grandpa said, well, we're done with that for now. Anything else? Yeah, said the little boy. Take off your nose. <laughs> well, to the little boy, right, if the teeth is fake, well, then maybe the nose is too. Well, don't be fooled. In the same way, 
Don't be fooled into thinking that, well, one false truth is okay. Uh, this is a little funny, but uh, I'll, I'll embrace that other thing. Be careful. Usually there's more underneath the mask of the false teacher. Let's be uh, Acts 17, 11 people, right? The Bereans. When Paul came into the town of Berea, they checked the scriptures to see if what he was saying was true. That's what we need to be. Good Bereans. Acts 17, 11 people. So let's learn from this passage and know how to recognize spiritual scammers. Let's pray. Lord, as we come before you, God, we remember that you are God and this is your word. That you have given us your word, Lord. Uh, through all the ages, through, through, through all these hundreds of years, we have in our hand that you've kept together your word. And God, we respect it. We want to learn from it. We want to put a high place in our hearts and our minds for it, God. Lord, may we test, God, the spirits, as says in First John. May we uh, uh, understand if, it, if something's not right, let us seek it out to see if it's true or not. God, and help us to be aware, Lord, and not be gullible, not to be easy prey, but know your truth. But thank you, God, that you tell us if we ask for wisdom, you will, you will give it. Thank you, God, that you are here for us. And as your children, Lord, you will protect us. So, Lord, no matter what we may be going through, no matter... Lord, what kind of things that are pressing down upon us. May we not be drawn away from you, but be brought to you, to who you are. May nothing ever disrespect you or put you down, Lord. May, may we not be like Eve when Satan said, Did God really say that? Is he, oh, no, he's not, he's not going to do that. Uh, may we not listen to those lies, but go to you. And remember who you are, Jesus. You are our Lord God, our Savior. You are our Creator. You are full of grace, Lord, holy and righteous. You have all wisdom and knowledge, and you care deeply for us, God. You care so deeply for us. So, God, we're going to trust in you and in the truth that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.